Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, Nathan Jones joins us to speak about the big result on the King's birthday clash. His D's played that one very well indeed. We've got all the big MRO news and we also catch up with Bernie Vince ahead of his big return this weekend. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Abby Holmes here for your hump day and in studio, 302 gamer Nathan Jones joins us today. Jonesy, great to see you as always. Yeah, thanks Abs, nice to be here. Hey, bit of, uh, a bit of controversy There's going a bit on. going on, isn't there? <laughs> there is a bit going on and we're going to get into some of that controversy in just a moment, but... I want to speak to you about Monday, first and foremost. Uh, What an incredible day to be a part of. Fight MND, of course, at the MCG. The big freeze, 83,000 in attendance, a sea of blue in the crowd. It was an unbelievable day. Oh, absolutely it was. It's... um I think the footy's become the sideshow in the you know in the whole day as such, and um, what an incredible job Neil's done oh. and his whole crew at Fight M and D to turn the big freeze into what it is now. It's mm. um, it's pretty epic to see and just sit back and you know I've obviously got fond memories of it. You know, um, you know the the cause is close to my heart with my grandpa yeah. passing away from it. But, you know, being involved from its inauguration like as a captain and part mm-hmm. of Melbourne early days and um, and then now to be involved from the other side of the fence just watching and um, and commentating at the game. You know, I got there early just to sort of soak in the atmosphere and yeah. how much it's just grown into what it is. Like there would have been 60,000, 70,000 people there at 2 o'clock. Totally. Um, you know, which when you go back and look in the archives, you know, the initially the, the crowd hadn't really embraced it, but to see how they have embraced it now and the impact that Neil's had, you know, beyond even the game itself is pretty incredible. And it's a testament to, you know, I guess what he stands for, you know, what his spirit is and, um, you know, how much people can relate to his challenge and, um, and have got right in behind him and supported it. 10 years since he's been diagnosed, he's just an absolute fighter. But how much does this man mean to you? As you said, you're the captain of the footy club for a very long time. But of course, he's been heavily involved in the club and um, over the last 10 years as well, coming in and giving you guys really inspirational chats. So how much does he mean to the players? And I'm sure that you just want to go out there and do it for Neil. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I think, um, you know, I guess for me personally, I was lucky enough to be one of the last to be coached by him of the current um, generation. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got to spend a season and a half underneath him and, you know, obviously he was the first coach from when I got, you know, into the AFL and, mm. and then we kind of, uh, rekindled all of that. As I said, you know, when this, the M and D stuff, um, sort of kicked off and, you know, I guess the impact and, uh, the inspiration that he provided internally at Melbourne footy club, you know, obviously there's the history there as the coach, but then, you know, I, I think the rawness and honesty in which he's battled, you know, his current challenges and the perspective he's able to provide the mm-hmm. playing group, you know, you can get really caught up inside a footy club on the wins and losses and how things are going, you know, how you're going individually and how the team and the club are going collectively. But, you know, just listening to him speak, it's, um, you know, you always felt privileged to be in that position, you know, to have the opportunity to be running out, playing with your mates in front of 80,000 yeah. people and, uh, on the Queen's birthday or King's birthday as it is now, um, you know, it, it's, you feel super grateful really when yeah. you, when you see what Neil and so many others are battling, um, you know, you, the opportunity that we get to go out there and honor the, I guess the legacy that he's built 
now on the on the on the day as such with the big freeze it's um you know I'm, I'm I know absolute certainly the players have drawn on that yeah. um and if anything that's been woven back into the fabric of what the culture is at Melbourne Footy Club particularly over the last probably 6 years you know goodies really leveraged off you know particularly some of the messages Neil um shared early days and um you know I think the uh, playing group has you know really tried to I guess instill that over a long period of time and bring that to life and you know, every year you, you you that spirit is rekindled when you get to this round and yeah. um you know what uh you know, the words can't really describe probably what he means to the playing group and the footy club as a whole but you know I guess people that you know aren't caught up in that or involved in that are now probably seeing what it actually means because it's hard mm. not to be drawn in I don't know about you, but that guard of honour at 308, it got me. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, both clubs, Collingwood and Melbourne, coming over in a guard of honour for Neil Danaher. I was bawling my eyes out, <laughs> right? And then I had to go into the centre of the MCG straight after, grab Simon Goodwin and interview him. I had tears streaming down <laughs> yeah, my face. Yeah. And I just said to Goody, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I just cannot stop crying. And he was like, abs, like, you do not need to apologise. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, he was obviously feeling it as well. Um, such an emotional moment there on, on Monday. But very impressive win by the Ds. And it... it it says more about them, doesn't it, than the Pies at the moment. Um, they showed a blueprint, I guess, of how to beat Collingwood, and that is repeat stoppage. Take away yeah. their speed, take away their run on the outside, their handball game. You just want repeat yeah. stoppages. Uh, no, absolutely. I think um, it was such an intriguing battle just because of the way the two sides play. Collingwood have uh, you know invested particularly with the inclusion of Mitchell over the off-season. You know, their stoppage game has improved out of yeah. sight, but... You know, I guess ultimately Melbourne is wanting to play a much more contested brand of footy. You know, they they typically want to lock the footy in their forward half and create repeat entries and repeat stoppages and really, you know, make it a contest game. You know, over the last few years in particular, Collingwood's got their measure being able to find the footy on the outside yeah, the and, and really test the Melbourne defence. But and and that was obviously the story leading into the game. Who would gain ascendancy in in you know what phase of the game and and probably get it more more so on their terms. And you know, at halftime was obviously super even. But yeah. you know, as that statistically, you know, I hadn't really ever seen games where it had been just so even. Every sort of category was almost dead level. But Melbourne certainly got um, on top around the stoppages mm. and around the clearances, and that you know locked the footy in their forward half. And I think the pressure they were able to create defensively, that the, the defence over the last few weeks in particular has looked really sound. So I didn't really have too many concerns over them. Yeah. It was just whether they could do it against a quality outfit like the Pies, and they were able to. And um, in the end, I think the scoreboard probably flooded the Pies a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, looking at the champion data stats, you know, uh, you know, expected score. Melbourne probably should have won by you know thirty or forty points. Mm. Collingwood's never out of it. Is there? Oh, uh, no, well, that was the thing. Call. Like, uh, it was oh, like keeping goodness. the door open, wasn't it? It was. Um, <laughs> they couldn't. Could they? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was ten seconds left at yeah. that centre bounce, and um, I thought the same thing. I was like, no way. And Melbourne would have been, you know, ruining their missed opportunities. You know, particularly set shot goal kicking. They probably, um, they almost cooked themselves, but. Yeah, you can never count them out. And I no. think that's why so many people, you know, it, it, whether you follow them or not, you, you have to appreciate the never say die attitude Absolutely. of the Pies because they're they're that exciting to watch. And when they do get the ball in open play and the game on their terms, they are um, 
they're pretty uh, unstoppable. Pendles and Fly McRae also signing contract extensions. So Pendles will head into season 19. He's on yeah, he's 370 games. <laughs> so he's looking very, very likely to join that 400 club. But as we said off the top, there's been some big news over the last 24 hours. And we've got to go to the MRO first. And I'm going to look at the James Sicily one, the three-match ban for his dangerous tackle uh, that, of course, left Brisbane star Hugh McCluggage concussed. Uh, I, I'm this one. It's really, really challenging. Um, you know that, that both players were effectively on the ground. Um, Brockman was involved as well. That could have contributed to the way that this this motion was carried out. But poor, I, I do feel for James Sicily. He was obviously coming back in off his one match suspension mm-hmm. as well, and now he's been rubbed out for three, which is effectively four with the bye this weekend. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess all of the decisions of late as a whole from the MRO have created, you know, of that, that for me, they've muddied the waters even further. Um, you know, I think how we're sort of adjudicating these, um, these actions or in- incidents, are challenging the real fabric of the game, particularly, you know, I guess externally, how we're, how everyone perceives it and how the game should be played. You know, I get from my perspective, the Sicily tackle, I look at that and think, you know, he's done everything within the rules, you know, he's, um, he's targeted the hips from a tackling perspective. Mm. There's been no two actions other than, you know, him following through in terms of momentum. Um, and James, know. James Sicily here as well. He is a captain. You, you've been a captain of the footy club. He quoted, it would be, would have been a poor reflection of leadership as the captain of a club to choose not to tackle. There's that. I totally can see that. And, you know, watching that back, there's an element, you know, the games on the line, they're, the Hawthorne are coming, you know, they're challenging one of the top four teams. You know, he provides a desperate and inspiring act for his team to lay that tackle on McCluggage. Like I can see that. Absolutely. That makes Mm. sense to me. And I think the byproduct of of that is, you know, McCluggage gets injured, but that we're playing a contact sport. And, um, you know, I think how we're trying to sort of forensically break down every incident, incident, um, you know, I, for mine, it's from people that aren't experienced in the game, understanding that these are like literally split second split decisions second, and, totally. and these are accidents that can occur, aren't necessarily, you know, careless as such, but you know, they are genuine accidents. We're mm. playing a contact sport with, you know, 18 players on each team on the ground that can collide and contact each other from 360 degrees. Like yeah. you're not going to be able to wipe out every you know, um, injury or head knock that, that occurs. Mm, well, three matches last night. I am expecting Hawthorne to appeal, but watch this space and we'll see what happens there. The Dan Butler tackle on Blakey was, uh, of course, thrown out as well. But the Ryan Mansell one over in the West, three games for that bump on Aish. That, yeah. for me, you you were there. I you call, were calling call this game. game. It looked shoulder on shoulder. Yeah, I called the game. When that occurred, I, I thought that was just a genuine... Um, football action, two players going extremely hard at the footy at top pace. Uh, you know, I, I actually thought Mansell shouldn't have been cited. That's how far off I am in terms of an alignment with where the MRO is seeing it. Um, you know, I think if you watch the vision and I've, and on the night I'm watching the slow motion, like you can see from the perspective of Mansell running towards the footy, he's sort of weighing up seeing Aish coming and then doesn't take his eyes off mm. the ball as he, as he try, attempts to try and gather it, you know, and, and follows through in a really 
um, you know, the, the expected way of protecting himself, sort of turning his body, you know, if he goes head on, um, as Aish did, not necessarily protecting himself from a um, technical yeah. perspective, you know, they both collide heads and probably both knock each other out. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, but I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm, that is the exact problem, isn't exactly. it? Is that we don't know what a good tackle is and what a bad tackle is at the moment. Uh, 100%. And I understand that clubs get memos sent to them explaining things, but in the media landscape, we, we don't have somebody that's coming out and saying, this is why. This is why that's three weeks. This is why that's one week. And, and nobody knows. And that's why there's so much... I guess speculation and For everybody's sure. just throwing out their ideas and their thoughts because nobody actually has any clue what a good tackle is. Oh, absolutely. And that's, I think that's, that's a byproduct or, a, um, you know, it's a secondary issue. I think the uh, communication in particular from the MRO publicly, you know, mm. but yeah, sure. It may go on internally. We're yeah. not sure, but yeah. I think publicly how they're justifying these decisions and why they're making these decisions needs to be articulated to the general public because the confusion is just increasing speculation and opinion like you read or you listen to what Geordie Lewis yeah, said the other day, which that. is absolutely, you know, how I'm sort of seeing it. You know, because I, I can't see how they're making these decisions. As I said before, you know, my, my personal view is that they're, I'm nowhere near aligned in terms of the actions that they're penalizing guys for. And he's saying that, you know, you know, it's, it's more so about future legal battles that they're worried about with guys mm -hmm. being concussed and injured and hurt than, than more so, you know, taking or, you know, trying to change the actions of in-game incidents. So yeah, yeah I, I, I sort of throw my so, hands up because yeah. I'm like, I don't actually know. It's getting to the stage now where we, we need more from the AFL. We need them to step up and say, this is, you know, black and white. This is what it looks like. This is what's going to happen if you cross this line. Um, yeah, because at the moment, everybody's just a, a little bit confused. Yeah, well, I think it's like, for me, the clarity had always been and I, I was on board with it. The the dangerous tackle, if you like, was always that sort of double motion. Yep. But now we're seeing like you know, if you Butler go straight head. to the tribunal for a genuinely awesome rundown tackle yep. where he did everything side. side. You know, Sicily the same. I don't see a double action there. I just see genuine desperation in the heat of a game. Yep. Mansell again, t you know, attacking the footy with genuine speed. You know, nothing against Aish, but they both just went hard at the footy and that's an, an, an accident happens kind of thing. So yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I don't no. think, I don't think many people are sure or clear on, no. on what it should be. And I think that that's what the issue is. Um, Marlon Pickett, not available this week. He needs to play just two more games to hit that trigger in his contract, which will secure one for next year as well. But He's a big out, actually, for the Tigers. He's been very, very important for them this season. Um, he's hitting the scoreboard, the the run and dash that he provides for the Tigers on the outside. Um, they're going to miss him this week. But first and foremost, we obviously understand that there is a um, an issue that's yeah, being yeah. sorted through. So I'm sure Marlon Pickett will get the support that he needs from the footy club and, and we'll wait and see what happens there. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, there's um, the whole sort of legal situation yep. where you can't really make any comment on that. Um, you know, you'd not, uh, I think from a club's perspective, you know, it's sort of innocence until proven guilty. Totally. They'd be in behind him and yep. um, supporting him through it. You know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, I guess, from where we sit, you just hope that, um, you know, hope that he is, uh, you know, not guilty and, you know, finds his way back because he's been uh, one of the great stories 
um, you know, over the last five or six years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been one of the uh, the awesome stories. So, yeah. you know, hopefully he hasn't sort of found himself in trouble. But, um, you know, I guess considering it is in the courts, you just got to let it sort of play out. Yeah. Koch 300 this week. There's been plenty of yeah. love for that man on yeah, social yeah. media over the last 24 hours or so, and rightly so. Um, a wonderful leader for so long, still contributing um, at the Richmond Footy Club in a very big way. And mm. It's a huge game. His, for him and his family, a fantastic milestone for him to hit this weekend. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge game for Richmond as well, just yeah. in this context of the they season. they got to keep Them playing the Saints, who are going pretty well. Cotcher's 300, like I, I think um, this will be one of the matches of the rounds for sure. And you'd expect that the Richmond faithful will show up in um, in huge numbers in support. And um, yeah, Saturday night, isn't it Saturday night against the Saints? Yeah, big one. Oh, it'll be huge. And uh, congratulations to him. What an incredible leader he's been. He really sort of uh, at the forefront of, you know, making the change and becoming, <clears throat> you know, one of those, you know, ultimate uh, vulnerable and uh, caring mm. teammates that, had this sort of brutal way that he approached the on-field, but then this, um, you know, this real, I had real ad- admiration for him, the way he, you know, handled himself off-field, you know, s- softly spoken and getting around his teammates. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's been an absolute incredible warrior and star for, for Richmond and, um, deserves this milestone, that's We're for sure. We're not meant to have favourites, but he is absolutely one of <laughs> mine. And I'll openly put it out there, but we've got to take a break. We've got Bernie Vince on the other side, so stick around. You are listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a review. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. And down the line, Bernie Vince joins us here today ahead of a massive weekend for Bern Jonesy. Yes, the bristle. (laughs) How you going, Bernie? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. it's It's a big weekend, exciting weekend. What's going on? Because you're playing footy, so have you been lumbering up? You're, you're playing for, is it Maryborough Rovers? <laughs> yes, playing for the Rovers, wearing the black and white colours, so looking forward to it. I don't think the club's been overly successful the last few years, but they have won a couple this year, so that's a good thing, but uh, never been to Maryborough, so... Either. Um, don't know what to expect, but uh, apparently it's big past players day. So a lot of numbers there, hopefully. And I hear we're playing a team that's not going so well. So we're every chance to, to get the four points. <laughs> yeah, that's correct, Bruce. You are playing uh, Campbell's Creek, who are sitting last at the minute, haven't won a game this season. And your boys, <laughs> the Maryborough Rovers, have had a couple of wins. So with you rocking up, Surely you can get the job done. Talk to us about don't the regime. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't want to jinx don't you. Don't say Talk to us about the regime. You. Have you do, done any sort of training? Um, yeah, I've tried to uh, on Thursday night. So a team, my local team in Adelaide. Um, Other than drinking they, they, beers. Well, yeah, a few weights, you reckon. <laughs> yeah, just lifting beers to the mouth. Um, they train down here. A lot of those guys from home uh, live down in Adelaide or work down in Adelaide now. So they train on a Thursday night. So I've got out there a couple of times but 
I mean, when you can pick and choose, like if it's windy or it's wet, you just go, nah, not no. for me tonight. So I've I've attempted to train about four or five times and I reckon I've got two out. <laughs> Mundy, Lewis, Kennedy, there's some pretty big names there as part of the Carlton Draft team, of course, that have managed to get their sides a win. So mm. do you feel the pressure? Like, if, I do. Yeah. Because uh, Kane Corns uh, apparently was one of the worst players on the ground and, oh, um, belted, and lost. You know? And lost. Yeah. So, Worst players on the ground. It, it sounds like get. the teams this year are a little bit more competitive. I played last year for Port Arlington <laughs> Demons. Average yep. losing margin of 150 points. And we lost, oh, by, we lost by 70 on the day. Ooh. And we oh, celebrated so like we'd won the flag that night. Yeah. Did you sing the song? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, have you got some advice for Burn then? You played recently, oh, yeah, actually, actually, for Mount Eliza. Oh, three weeks ago, I went back to my local Stretching. club, Mount Eliza. Had a great yep. day, past players day. Not not involved in Carlton Draft, obviously. Just uh, went back to give back to the community. Burn, yeah, little cashy, <laughs> cashy. <laughs> but then I went back two weeks later and I had a shot from 50, 10 minutes into the second quarter and oh, tore yes. me quad and limped off the oh. ground. <laughs> well, there's your first problem. You've that's never been able to kick 50. Things. True. That's why I asked if there's any sort of training regime from your perspective because I, um, I had a bad outing a couple of weeks ago. Old yeah. man. Tail don't, between don't, my legs. Don't mention that sort of stuff either. Um, but no, I've been kicking the footy. Took me, yeah, took me a little bit to get back into the kicking things, uh, kicking side of things. But no, I've got myself up and ready. I've been for a couple of runs, Chuck. How many do you need? Ah, you'll be fine, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> we can't I, wait. I expect a clinic from you. Yeah, That's we can't wait to. I'm gonna bloody dissect your stats and everything for next <laughs> right. week. We'll get onto it. Big but pressure. before we let you go, we need to ask you about Tex on the weekend. Game 250, kicked 10. I, I would be claiming it as your, your pre-game speech that got him over the line <laughs> there. So what, what did you say to the big fella? Yeah, that nah, was a special day. I tell you, if you, you couldn't write a better script in his wildest dreams, I don't think you could ever think that he was going to do that but it was the perfect game against well it's like Campbell's Creek this week played the bottom team and just <laughs> dined out but no nah, there was you got 10 in you oh, actually no I wasn't hinting that I was just saying it was the per- perfect game no not from full back I'm playing full back oh, um but no nah, that was the perfect day for you know the family the footy club his family like it was it was very special so he had 110 tickets or something wow. he got for wow. those the feral broken, broken hill, hill They were on fire. A few of them I didn't think were even going to make the game. Being a bit of a later game, I was like, nah, they're not going to get let in. But uh, they, were, they were in the rooms after and um, had a little bit of a speech pre-game. I'm not the sort of serious type, as you know, Chunk. So yes, uh, just uh, went through the first time I'd met him and was yeah, how slow he spoke and um, how simple he was and they got a bit of bit of a laugh uh, from the boys and I told Nixie that it's all about text today so don't worry about anything else and he uh, he used me as motivation actually before the game yeah. he put the other people that spoke up and you know he's going yep mum tick yep dad was good tick and then Sloney spoke on behalf of the current players and he mm-hmm. went, yep tick and then he had me Vince he just wrote Vince up. And got the texter on the whiteboard, just put a big line through me. If, he ever, <laughs> if you ever start listening to him, I know we're stuffed. So <laughs> that was that was pre-game. Um, but yeah, then and then they went out and did what they did. So uh, yeah. no, it was the perfect day, perfect night, and uh, they got the buy mm. as well this week. So um, I think they had a bit of a get together on Sunday again, and um, I had to come to Melbourne unfortunately. But um, no, they had a good day and great weekend. What about post-game, Burn? He would have been wobbling around oh, yeah. Adelaide oh, mate. like you've never mate. seen. Up and about. 
Uh, I was at the time. I was so wrapped for him that he kicked ten goals and went well. By about nine thirty, I was wishing he didn't get a kick. He wouldn't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh, classic! Uh, love that. Hey, thanks for joining us on Footy Talk, and all the very best this weekend. Hopefully, you can lift those mighty Rovers to a, a yes. victory, and and fingers crossed, there's no injuries either. Yeah, uh, thank you. You're very, very optimistic. Just don't get injured and don't lose. Uh, thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate luck, it. Man. How good is that? Bernie Vince. Pulling on the boots again? Yeah. Having a kick? He's a f-ing legend. <laughs> that was part of my rap. Oh, I was rapping the show. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok at footytalkpod. <laughs> Tomorrow, you've got Daisy and Kate McCarthy. Enjoy your day. Listener.